seated. So this week we take another pause in the story of Judges and uh, turn to the story of Ruth. And we remember that Ruth took place during the time of the Judges, during this chaotic time where people did what was right in their own eyes. And the book of Ruth was written originally to answer the question, how did God preserve the line of David through this time of evil? How could a good king come out of the chaos of the Judges? And this week, rather than just going directly into the story, I want to ask a question. How do you deal with the chaos and restlessness in your life? Put it another way. How do you find rest and peace? There seems to be two main ways we pursue peace and rest. We think that rest will be found by uh, keeping the rules, or we find peace by following our desires willy-nilly. Tim Tim Keller, the pastor and theologian, uh, calls this uh, the way of legalism and the way of lawlessness. Now, the legalistic person tries to keep all the rules so that he can be accepted. Or they think they're a good person, so they try really hard to keep the appearance up. The legalist thinks that only if people only work a little harder, they pick themselves up a little more, they keep the rules a little better and try just a little bit harder, they'd find peace and contentment and rest. Legalists are alive and well in the church. The church legalist thinks he, can, he or she can obey and then find acceptance. Think of uh, Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter book series. She loves the rules. She lives by the rules. She would die for the rules. The rules help her feel accepted. Now, the lawless person, on the other hand, tends towards believing that everything is permissible, by and large. Have a good time. Do what makes you happy. You'll find rest. Now, the lawless person is also alive and well in the church. And the lawless person already feels they're accepted. So they think they don't need to obey. It's all grace. The lawless person is kind of like Emperor Kuzco from the Disney classic, The Emperor's New Groove. It's his way or the highway, so don't you dare throw off his groove. So who do you identify with most? And in the uh, honor of uh, Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck. Do you tend to judge people for not following the rules? Or you might be a legalist. Do you tend to not worry about the consequences of your actions? Or you might be lawless. We're probably a mix of both things, if we're honest. But usually we tend towards one or the other. Most days, I'm a legalist. I try to keep all the rules so to get God to love me, to feel good enough to be accepted, and to try to be perfect. Other days, less, th- less than this, I, I, I want to also be lawless. just want to unplug, have a good time, and not think about anyone else. Christianity holds, scriptures hold, that being either a legalist or a lawless person is actually deeply sinful. Depending on which camp you're leaning, you, you lean towards, you're probably thinking, oh yeah, those other guys, they're the ones that need to hear it. Those lawless people. Those legalists always telling me what to do. We're both deeply sinful. 
So in the midst of our judging, the lawless and the legalist person, God declares to all of us that we are actually in exile. And you will never find rest without God. In the Bible, the image of exile is identified with slavery and sin. If you remember from the first sermon on Ruth, Ruth was in exile. She was in slavery. She was, she was away from the people and the land of God. And both the rigidness of, of legalism and the chaos of lawlessness are slavery because in the end, neither of them can give us rest or peace. We were not created for exile, however. We were created for so much more. But this is where we find ourselves. So the question then we have to ask is, how do we escape our exile and slavery? Our slavery to legalism and lawlessness. Today in the story of Ruth, God reveals the way out of exile. God shows us that he is the redeemer who provides true redemption and rest through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Today, the gospel means in Jesus, we are totally accepted so that we can obey. So let's turn to our passage. We heard read today that Naomi wants, rest to find, wants Ruth to find rest. She wants Ruth to have a husband and family, signifying belonging and intimacy. So Naomi, knowing that Boaz is a kinsman redeemer, hatches a plan. Naomi tells Ruth to do something pretty bold. Take a bath. Put, the best, put your best clothes on and perfume and go to Boaz at night. If you're thinking this is kind of brash and scandalous, you're, you're not far off. But Ruth trusts Naomi and does what she says. Ruth gets dressed up and goes to Boaz and sneaks onto his land and finds where he's at and hides. And nervously, patiently waits until he falls asleep. And then she approaches him in the dark and lays down very close to him. Moments passed, Ruth heart, heart races and sh as she listens to the slow rhythmic breathing of Boaz and then what feels like hours later, Boaz starts awake. And in the darkness, Boaz wakes up and realizes that someone is very, very close to him and demands, who are you? Ruth in fear and hope repeats the words that Boaz spoke over her when they first met in the barley, at the beginning of the barley season in uh, Ruth chapter 2 verse 12. I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over, uh, spread your, your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Boaz realizes immediately what's going on. Ruth has risked everything for her for his health. Ruth has selfly chosen to love Boaz because of his of her. He was one of the family's redeemers, one of the people who could actually continue Naomi's family line. Boaz knew what needed to be done. He knew. The budding affection he felt for Ruth and Ruth for him was more than just romance. It was God's good purpose at work in their life. He would fulfill the blessing he spoke over Ruth months ago. He would redeem her and Naomi. However, Boaz knew there was a closer kinsman redeemer. He had to make sure that he would not want the land and marriage. He could not in good conscience take the land and Ruth as his wife without giving the other man a chance. So trusting God's providence and guidance, he told Ruth to go to sleep. As dawn approached, she awoke and began to leave, but before she could, Boaz gave her an abundance of barley, filling her apron with six measures. It's a sign of God's providence and love. And that very day, Boaz went to the city gate and gained the right to redeem Ruth, 
to marry her and keep the land of Naomi in her name. Ruth had finally found rest through the redemption of Boaz. Now, I imagine some of you might be thinking, especially as you, if you've heard several of these sermons, Boaz and Ruth seem like pretty good people. Isn't it just that they're simply being good people and God is just rewarding them for being good? They seem like good rule-following legalists to me. So to answer that question, we need to see how God is at work in these passages. Now, if we disconnect the story of Ruth from the rest of Scripture, it would be easy to read Ruth and Boaz through a legalistic lens. They do good, they receive good, story's over. But we have to ask this question, a series of questions. How did Boaz know that he could and should redeem Ruth? How did Naomi know she should seek Ruth's rest and good? And how did Ruth know to trust Boaz and Naomi? The answer to this is, is God. That God's love, redemption, grace, and Sabbath rest are what moved and grounded Booth, uh, Boaz, Ruth, and Naomi's actions. They acted because God has already acted. Throughout the story of Ruth, Ruth and Boaz are described as by the word kindness. Now in Hebrew, this is the word hesed, which is a kind of untranslatable word that means something like covenant faithfulness and steadfast love. This isn't just, oh, they're really nice people. It's a, it's a word that is actually deeply connected to who God is. See, in Exodus 34, God uh, describes himself in this way. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, hesed and faithfulness. The hesed expressed by Boaz and Ruth is only expressed because God has shown them his hesed love, his steadfast love. So how does God's steadfast love ground the actions of Boaz, Ruth, and Naomi? First, Boaz redeems because he is already redeemed. Boaz knows that, that he was called to redeem Ruth and Naomi because God redeemed Israel out of slavery and exile of Egypt. As an Israelite, everyone who, who was an Israelite had this, this sense of participating in the Exodus. Boaz understood that because he was an Israelite, his, his whole experience was marked by that Exodus. He himself had walked through the Red Sea. He himself had gone through the Passover. He himself had been redeemed out of exile. In Leviticus 25, where the law for kinsmen redemptions are presented, the rationale for this redemption, the reason that a kinsman redeemer would redeem was that God redeemed you, so you are to redeem others. Boaz knew who he was. He knew he was redeemed and accepted. So he knew what to do. Redeem Ruth and Naomi. Boaz was accepted, so he obeyed. Ruth, we've turned to Ruth. Ruth receives in trust because she has received love. From the beginning of the story of Ruth, she, Ruth was receiving God's grace. She acted graciously and humbly because she received grace. Ruth was accepted, so she received and obeyed. Finally, Naomi. Naomi knew that God can provide rest from exile through redemption because God commanded Israel to rest. God freed Israel from Egypt to bring them to his promised land and give them rest. 
And rest for Israel was, was basically communion with God, the ability to be a holy people with a holy God. For all her bitterness and rebellion, Naomi knew that God is the kind of God who gives rest. How did she know this? Through the weekly rhythm of Sabbath rest as an Israelite, where Israel was reminded that God redeemed Israel as his people to have communion and intimacy with him. Naomi had experienced the rest of God, so she knew Ruth needed the rest of God. Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi, like Noah and Abraham before them, lived by faith in the steadfast, gracious God who redeems and gives rest. A few weeks ago, we prayed a collect that captures this reality quite well. Lord, we pray that you may give, that your grace may always proceed and follow us so that we may continually be given to good works. We are accepted, so we obey. In the story of Ruth and Boaz, God reveals that he is great, the gracious God who redeems and gives rest. God redeems Boaz, Ruth, and Naomi so they obey him in love. Yet, by and large, this is a minority report for Israel because most of the time Israel rejected God's grace as we've seen throughout the story of Judges. Israel had been taken out of exile in Egypt, given the land, but they were still exiles at heart. Like the rest of us, like humanity, they were exiles in the land of lawlessness and legalism, and they needed a heart transplant. They needed their hearts to be redeemed from exile. So Boaz redeems and marries Ruth because God redeems Israel. That's a great story. It's nice. It's a, what, what's the big deal? It's a good story for them. They had a, you know, God redeemed them. Fall, the couple falls in love. What does this have to do with me? Well, if this was just a romance novel, probably nothing. But the Bible is not such a thing. And scripture, historical events like Ruth redeeming, uh, Boaz redeeming Ruth, points back to God, as we've seen, redeeming Israel. And it also points forward to Jesus redeeming the world. Boaz's actions of redemption point us to Jesus Christ, who enters into our exile to redeem us and bring us to rest and communion with God. In our story, uh, Boaz, you know, it's kind of easy to miss this, but Boaz does everything at great personal cost to himself. Seems that Boaz was not married and he didn't have any children. So for Boaz to redeem the land and marry Ruth meant he sacrificed his own family line to continue Elimelech's family line with Ruth. Boaz sacrificed himself for the good of Ruth and Naomi. I imagine that this comes, brings to mind the, the, the Jesus' own sacrifice and his death and incarnate, in incarnation and death. As Paul so, said so famously in Philippians 2, Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Boaz's humble, redemptive sacrifice is a picture of Jesus' own sacrifice. Humanity is exiled from communion with God because of our sin and our legalism and lawlessness. So Jesus travels to the far country of our exile and redeems us from our just-do-it mentality, our legalism, or you got to catch it all lawlessness through his death and resurrection. 
on the cross, Jesus says to the legalist, stop trying to be so good. You don't need to earn your way to rest. In fact, you can't. You are in exile. You cannot save yourself. But I can save you. I can free you from your perfectionism, your judgmentalism, that sense that you just always have to try a little harder. You'll never find rest as long as you keep trying to help yourself. So let me save you. I'm paying the price of your redemption because I love you. And hanging on the cross, Jesus says to the lawless, you've been looking for me in everything you are striving after. You thirst for me when you drink yourself sleep. You long for me when you work yourself ragged. You desire me when you lose yourself in pornography and parties. You are searching for me when you unplug and lose yourself in the internet or drugs. I am the peace and rest you long for. You might think that the infinite God is a joke or nothing to be trifled with, but I think you are infinitely valuable and very much worth trifling with because I love you. You are enslaved. I can free you to enjoy life as you were created to in relationship with me. On the cross, Jesus entered into our exile and slavery, the slavery of our lawlessness and legalism, and he paid the wages of death to bring us out of slavery and exile. So how do we respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the story of Ruth? Three ways we could. You could say, good, Jesus did this for me, so now I'll work really hard to make it worth his trouble. God helps those who help themselves, right? If I obey, I will be accepted. That's how a legalist will respond. Or you could do this way. Oh, cool, I get out of, get out of jail free card. I'll take it. Just, Jesus, I believe in you, please forgive me. I'm going to keep sinning and stuff because you're just all grace, right? Just always forgive me. If I'm accepted, I don't have to obey. The right response is right down the middle. is to believe that in Jesus Christ, we are totally loved and accepted. And through the Holy Spirit, we can obey. So how do we deal with our restless and restlessness and discontent? How do we find rest and peace? We hear the gospel, receive the Holy Spirit, and live the life of Jesus out in our daily lives. So if you have not accepted your, Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, I say to you, repent, believe, and receive. If you find yourself in, in relationship with Christ, I say to you, remember, repent, and receive. Like Boaz remembered, remembering he is redeemed and Naomi practicing Sabbath rest, we need to be reminded that we are loved and accepted and filled so that we can love God and others. We need to be formed in the story of God through worship, prayer, service, and surrender to God as he massages his gospel into our hearts. In these grace-filled practices, God changes us. So how does God heal our legalist and lawless hearts? 
For the legalist, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Know you are accepted. The Holy Spirit forms in us Jesus' deep humility, patience, and our appreci- and appreciation for our need for him. We can let go of trying to be good, trying to be perfect. We can enjoy God, and we can rest in God. We are loved so we can obey. For the lawless, you too have been filled with the Holy Spirit who gives us the life that Jesus lived. This means that we don't do certain things, like drugs or watch pornography or commit adultery or overeat or judge others. Not because the rules will save us, but because this is how Jesus lived. When we live the way that God created us to, we can rest in God. We are loved, so we obey. Imagine what our lives will look like as the Holy Spirit transforms our legalistic and lawless hearts. Imagine that. So next time you feel discontent, or feel tempted to obey so you can be accepted, or feel like God will just forgive me this one last time if I disobey, remember that you are redeemed by Christ. You are accepted so you can obey. Remember the rest you have in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Remember the gospel and live. Let us pray. Abba, Father, we praise you and thank you for the redemption we have in your son, Jesus Christ. We ask you to help us to remember and receive and live the gospel you've given us. Lord, help us to know, Lord, massage into our hearts that we are accepted so that we can obey. We pray this to you all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.